I'd like to welcome everybody to this episode of Meet the Gorillas and Butterflies podcast. The new podcast about the people who feel connected with the group of the Gorillas and Butterflies, no matter if it's athletes, team members or supporters. Gorillas and Butterflies is a sports club founded by former pro triathlete Matthias Fesel, and as you can imagine, the main focus here is triathlon. But on one hand, there are athletes who are also into other disciplines or just a piece of the puzzle like duathlons or just swimming. And on the other hand, people who are supporting the crew with athletic or mobility training or assisting coaches. But let's start today's party with Matt, who is one or even more than an athlete in this group and secretly is working on development of the strongest triathlon relay team at home. Man, can you introduce yourself short with a few words and give our listeners an idea where you're from and who you are? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Lukash. Um, yeah, so I'm Matt. Yeah, first and foremost, I am a family man. And you're right, I am trying to create my own triathlon, triathlon team at home. Yeah, I have three kids, so that's kind of the perfect number now. That's, um, that's a good introduction. Yeah, uh, some of our new members saw you maybe once or twice outside the pool. But before we come to that point, can you tell us since when you are part of the group and how you actually got into it? Yeah, sure. Um, I joined the group, I think, back in 2019. And yeah, it's an interesting uh, story because I'd signed up to my first triathlon um, and I was doing this by myself because I wanted to learn how to swim. And I spent a few weeks trying and I went to the race and I met Matthias there. He was handing out leaflets for the gorillas and butterflies. Um, at first I thought, nah, I'm just going to do the race and I'll see how it goes. So I breaststroked. It was a sprint triathlon and the bike part had actually been cancelled. I can't remember why, but uh, I think some roads had been closed. And yeah, so I breaststroked the, um, the the swim, and I think I came last or second last in the swim. And then there was a 5k run, which went quite well. And then I saw Matthias afterwards, and we got talking, and he said, oh, you should come along to the swim training. And I thought, I probably should. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's how I found the group. Which race was it? It was a Mergle Z sprint triathlon, right? I, I started out completely for fun um and i remember going to schoenberg uh the swimming pool there and i just thought if i can just do the distance it doesn't matter how long it takes if i can just do the yeah. distance so i'd go to the pool and i'd try and swim 750 meters every time and i was doing that maybe once or twice a week um and that was breaststroke um because i actually had i had quite a big fear of deep water and so really? that's actually really reason why i signed up in the first place i was like right i need to get over this fear Let's learn to swim. Um, and I liked running, so I thought, well, triathlon's a good good sport for me. Did you have some, like, bad experience uh, with swimming in a childhood or with water, or how does it come? Uh, yes and no. I, I have some memory. Um, I remember how I learned to swim, and that was at primary school, and they they put some armbands on you and then they just said right you jump into the water and I remember just jumping in going under the water and like coming up to the surface and being 
like what was that and you know how do i breathe and finding that quite stressful yeah um but i did go to the pool quite a lot with my my family and i remember my dad telling me um yeah if you can get to the other side of the pool i'll give you five pounds so i um i doggy paddled my way across the pool and i got my five pounds um but yeah i have some memories as well as a kid of being in the sea and i don't know just being a bit scared of the unknown and you know not being able to see under the water um so yeah i think it's just a combination of not really learning how to swim and just the fear of not being able to see and just the experience at school yeah so so like made a, life made challenging yeah so like a big big bag full of uh five pounds uh is not the best swim mm. training right <laughs> <laughs> exactly right uh yeah nice to hear um uh, but um let let's talk a little bit about your your um use more um have you always been sporty and or like what you've been up to as a teenager in kind of sports uh good question i wasn't that sporty i remember you know as a younger kid i played football um for i think i played two games when i was like five or six because uh our team in the first match they lost we lost 11 zero yeah. and then in the next match we lost something like 19 zero and at that point i quit um because i wasn't enjoying it but don't um, tell me you I were the go goalkeeper <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the goalkeeper. Okay. I just chased the ball. I don't know what position I was. I just chased the ball. I think like most... Well, that's probably why our team wasn't very good because we just chased chased the ball. Um, yeah, I think it was just like lots of kids trying to get the same thing. Yeah, and then I didn't really do any sort of sport with training um, until I got to about the age of 15 when a friend of mine joined a gym and I used to go along um and so yeah i think there was a phase in my life like late teens where i went to the gym like four or five times a week um yeah obviously you can tell that now right um yeah <laughs> and yeah i think that's pretty much it i i didn't really do any actually i did play football again when i was older but i get i was really quite bad at football so um i don't know if you know the english style which basically just if you're not very good you just you just kick the other people and i think that was my style so oh, yeah. okay uh, now now i know i know where the british uh, soccer uh, uh, technique mm -hmm. came from right <laughs> from the ab exactly. ability to to play proper so so how you found your way into like running or or like cycling because you told me that your running was quite quite good compared with your swimming so have you done any r run training or something before the triathlon like your own or yeah so um i guess it was in my mid 20s i yeah i needed to do something with my life i feel like i was struggling with work and what the future could look like and i don't know maybe mentally i wasn't in a very good place and my wife had joined um something that's called british military fitness and it's basically a boot camp uh, uh 
uh, class. And I think in the end, we went three times a week to this boot camp where you were really sprinting, your face is in the mud, like military style, carrying heavy things up and down hills, um, like high intensity interval training. Um, I was doing that three times a week. And then I just turned, one of the guys from the club, he says, do you want to come and do the park run before one of the classes? I was like, yeah, sure. And so I did my first 5K race. That was my, basically my first run. And it was very hilly, muddy. And I think I did it in like 21 minutes. Wow. And I was like, okay. Uh, I came like 10th in the park run, okay. whatever. Um, and then like a couple of weeks later, there was another park run somewhere else. And it was a bit flatter. And I did that in 19 minutes, something like 1950. And I was like, oh, like this, I'm not too bad at this. Um, and I kind of picked it up from there. And I started looking into... Uh, how could I improve my running? And that's when I bought Jack Daniels, uh, what's it called? Run, uh, the running uh, formula. Training. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's when I basically fell in love with it. Nice. Ah, you are also one of the uh, guys with the knowledge from the old school book. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible, yeah. let's say the Bible. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's got some uh, good stuff in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, this kind of races, uh, they were still back in, in the UK or? Yeah, that was back in the UK, uh, I guess, maybe seven years ago or so. No, 10 years ago, sorry, 10 years ago. When did you actually move to Berlin? Uh, 2015, I think, in the in the summer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I guess I, I started doing the, the run training. I actually started doing more here. Um, I remember, yeah, first few years just... Going out, I thought I was pretty, pretty, uh, you know, big runner. I was doing kind of four runs a week, following the Jack Daniels plans. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, that was really in Berlin. Yeah. Okay. I gave a little glimpse on your red team. Um, uh, it's it's been a little bit of a joke, but yeah, you said that you were father of three, right? Um, how yeah. hard is it to manage family uh, and 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 this intensive, time intensive sport? Yeah. That is, uh, it's it's a difficult challenge and a real balancing act. You know, you're you're trying to balance your, you know, you want you want to spend a lot of time with your kids and family and and, and your wife as well. Don't forget, um, or your partner, um, and you want to fit in all the hours of training. You have work. Um, yeah, it's a tough balancing act. And I think it's something that you have to develop over time, how you, you fit all the training hours in. And I think the, the absolute critical thing is communication with your partner because you have to remember that when you're out riding your bike for three hours, then your partner is looking after the family. And sure. it doesn't sound like much, but it's... You know, if it's preparing a meal and then playing somewhere, going to the playground, going out to the house, it's kind of like an ex in our family, it's like an expedition. Every time you want to go out, you've got to get the drinks, the snacks, you know, everything. Every, yeah, yeah. Everything is magnified. And it's, um, yeah, you have to realize uh, what your limits are. Um, I think the critical thing as well is you, you might think you're doing it in your head, you're doing a three hour ride. And when yeah. you're looking at your bike computer, you see, okay, I've done three hours ride time. That doesn't include the stopping time. 
preparation before, you know, pumping up your tires, checking your chain, make sure your brakes are working, getting dressed. And then you come home, you have to eat, you're tired, you have to shower. A three-hour ride ends up being four or sometimes more uh, time. So you really have to pay attention to that and be aware of that and realize how much you are asking of your family. So, um, yeah, I've been working on that. How can I be organized so that I minimize the time it takes to get out of the house? Can I can I do some workouts when it doesn't affect family time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And am I communicating well with my partner? And is she okay or he okay with that? That's an interesting question. So you you're still getting a lot of support of your partner, or are you struggling to get things sorted, like the communication? Uh, I think to say it takes time to develop, I, um, but we're definitely getting there now how this can work i think everyone when they get into the sport they, they want to do more right they want to get better yeah. but then you have to balance that this is improving like every month um i would say i've been talking about color coding with with rich already uh, and the presence of the red color in training peaks does it happen often that you miss a session yes definitely happens often i think you know i, I love that feeling of the of seeing a fully green week And if I looked back over the last year, I probably have maybe up to a maximum of five of those, I would say. And some of them weren't particularly big weeks, right, uh, compared to what you might expect. But it's tough. You have to make the right call sometimes. Sure. When, when to shorten something. Uh, yeah, I think it's just constantly compromising. And, but when you do train, make the most of it, right? Uh, about getting the best out of the training, I want to talk about another topic. Next to your own training, you have another company with Matthias. It's also sport-driven. Can you tell us something about this? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, at the start of this year, Matthias and I were talking. And, you know, I realized after some time that I really have a passion for endurance and, and running. I was kind of losing my passion for what I was working on in my data. I still, you know, my normal job is I'm a data analyst and I've been working as a freelance data analyst for a few years now. And always with kind of tech and startup companies. And I noticed during the pandemic, especially that a lot of teams are remote, but within the same city. I had this, I had this feeling that people did not know each other as well. Or, you know, when you do talk to someone, it's often only about work. And so I to Matthias about this as well. And we came up with the, the idea of just, it's, it's, it's pretty simple, but of creating a running club for a company so that people within the same city can meet up on a regular basis. They can train together, get to know each other better. I think it's particularly powerful for new joiners in that time too within a company, right? You you, you join, you may not see your colleagues for quite some time. Sure. But there's a running class there, a running club there. Um, it's actually a regular, a regular chance to meet people at the company that you're working at. So it's, um, it's, um, it's a mixed companies or do you like have groups of of people from one company there yeah at the moment is it's so obviously the company needs to be a certain size and at the moment it's been one company uh, at a time but we're now looking at creating kind of you know a spot where maybe a few companies can join at the same time so you're planning uh, to train businesses to finish good or have like uh, also yeah things besides works that they connect better exactly i think you know too right that when you when you do a workout with other people you you all go through something together right maybe there's something tough in the workout and 
I really think that can unite a team. Uh, you know, there's a bond, right? When you when you do these kind of hard runs, or not necessarily hard, but just you work together. Um, sure. And I think that's beneficial for a company. Yeah, yeah, true. Because uh, yeah, you can adopt the thing to 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 business situations where you also have to get to hard things and say, hey. We we make it in running, and maybe we can do it in our job as well without like starting to fight against each other, right? Ba back to your work, like as a data analyst, how much of this you use in your own uh, training? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you were going to ask that. Actually, um, when it comes to business, I'm incredibly enthusiastic about using data to make decisions. That's basically my job, or help supporting teams to do that. But when it comes to my own training. I do use data, but I'm trying more and more listen to my body and when is it a good time to push through or not um, and really develop the feeling. I think that's actually pretty critical. I've been in a few races or training sessions where, you know, when the GPS isn't working or sure. if I feel like the heart rate monitor is too high or something, right? Or if you're doing a race under trees, right, in the forest. Then you really, if you don't, if you are completely dependent on the data, then you're going to really underperform or you're going to blow up. So I think in my training, I really try to listen to what my body's telling me. Of course, I, I look at heart rate, power on the bike, and yeah, I try not to look at my swimming data. I, I ignore that. <laughs> I just rely on feel there. But yeah, I, I, it's weird that I'm the opposite, and I think that's part of Matthias' training. You know, a lot of the time it says. You know, run easy or run moderate, and I'm really trying to do that based on the feeling on that day. Yeah, so basically the opposite. For sure, for like easy runs, it should feel easy, right? And it depends also on the training load of of the week and so on, because uh, yeah, after a hard session, on the next day, if you have to do like an easy run, uh, for sure your your easy is some some completely different thing than than. Uh, on on a very fresh lag day, right? So this makes a difference, but um, it's also about like getting into zones and um, training a certain amount in a in a training zone to have the adaptations in your body. Yeah. But I think it also changes a lot if your plans um, or your your training plan is anyway modified, right? By the by the volume or or everything. With the boundaries of, of family and co, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah we we now know that that you have this running um, company and also training a lot, and but yeah, there is a third point, right? You're working on your own plans and educating yourself in the sport world. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, if I'm going to really commit to you know having this running business um, and you know, getting involved in this in this world, then I should have some sort of qualification. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'm now working towards getting uh, the fitness trainer B license, and then I plan to do the athletic trainer license here in Germany uh, because it, there appears to be no regulation about this uh, stuff. Anyone can call themselves a, a trainer. Uh, um, and, yeah, that's actually really fascinating because you are definitely learning a lot um, – because it goes down to kind of the cellular level and, you know, how muscles work and how energy systems work. And, yeah. you know, you might understand why you're doing a certain training, but now you really understand that the effect it's having on your body. Um, and, yeah, so 
this is all this is a really interesting topic for me learning a lot about it the extra challenge is that i am doing it in german and uh that is making things slightly slower but um i'm also getting a lot out of that because this is something i really wanted to work on too right and in with the, with the aim being that i can i i, I as I, i said when i was a teenager i really enjoyed uh strength i used to go to the gym and that's something i think can be really beneficial for endurance athletes in particular that's why i'm doing this qualification <laughs> nice so hitting two two targets with with one shot learning german yeah. and uh all the knowledge about physiology uh mm-hmm. that's nice um let's talk a little bit about triathlon how your season looked this year what you planned and how it went in the end uh good yeah let's start from the beginning um so i planned this year to i was really focusing on the 70.3s and i planned to do uh dresden and i was going to do ekna i only really planned local races because the kids and family you know going abroad doing extra things it's just another stress so trying to keep things simple sure um And yeah, at the start of the year, actually, I think it was going really, really well. I felt super fit. By March, I felt really great. And then I think I just had a very unlucky set of events for the rest of the season where I missed three or out of the four races that I planned to do. Um, and they were all from either I was sick or my wife was sick. You know, so it's basically family life. Yeah, yeah. And I also, there was a lot of change because I had, a, you know, a, a baby. So she was also developing and my wife went back to work. So there was this extra time where my daughter wasn't in Kita and, you know, I was working and looking after her. That meant that I really couldn't train as much as I normally want to. Maybe just too much stress. And yeah, I, I'm happy with the season, you know, the level I reached given the amount of training I, I did. Um I still had a lot of fun, which is the main thing, right? I think the highlight was probably doing the Murglesy half marathon because I didn't do any triathlon this year in the end. So yeah, uh, to to get back to the point, yeah, you 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 missed some races, but also one race was cancelled, right? The Dresden one. So, yes, true. Um, it was not only your fault. So unlucky moments can you tell us a little bit about your muggle the uh, half marathon because uh, it was a pretty pretty strong run right i think it's a pb yeah yeah it was a pb um it was interesting because i hadn't done a half marathon by itself for uh two three years and that was also at murglesy i don't know if you know the course well there's, there's patches of uh trail it's quite up and down so you have to get there's a tunnel under the under the water so you have to go down quite a big staircase and then up the other side and i remember the morning it was perfect temperature i thought okay this is good the only problem is that the few weeks before i had really been struggling with a with a cough and it wasn't you know i, I couldn't I, i didn't think it was corona or anything too serious and it had been improving quite significantly so i i thought you know what i'm well enough to race and i'll just see how it goes yeah And then I started running, and I think by about kilometer eight or nine, I realized that this probably wasn't a great idea, and that 
yeah, I should probably not push through. So I kind of let the group go that I was in and slowed down a bit and still finished the race quite strong. But, but where have you been till this point, till kilometer eight? Like, I, I know you're like finish time in the end. So which pace you will be holding till uh, kilometer yeah, so eight? I, I was running about like a 350 pace or so for the first 8K, maybe 352. And it felt like in my legs, it felt really good. That was the frustrating thing. I, I, in my legs, I felt very good. But as I was running, I was coughing and running. And this is pretty bad. This just slow down and make it to the end. I remember the last kilometer, there was another guy there who I was running nearby. And we were almost conversational at the end because I think he'd also kind of blown up it was still a good experience and then after the race was not so pleasant i really suffered with the cough um and then i tried to recover and developed bronchitis and that made things obviously a lot worse and i managed to injure or damage one of the the muscles between the ribs the intercostal muscle And I'm still recovering from that. And it's about six weeks ago now. So frustrating, but lesson learned. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, but, but haven't your like, finish time been like around this 350 thing? No, it was like three, uh, just under four minutes. Uh, so I did like one hour, 24, or five mm. seconds, um, something like that. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super thrilled with the result, right? It's it's a great result for me. It's like more than five minutes PB. And I know it can be much faster because I wasn't in a healthy state on the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's really exciting for me. But yeah, I think it was just earlier that I like to listen to my body. On that day, maybe I shouldn't have started. You don't know until you try, right? Yeah. And, uh, I thought I was going to be okay. I, I, can, I can tell you a story about this as well. I'm from... Uh, last week uh, in Valencia, right? So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I know how you feel. Let's talk about your triathlon races that you had already. Is there a funny story that you want to share about a race or like a rookie <laughs> mistake? Uh, yeah. This I think. So I told you earlier about the one I did at Merlesey where I met Matthias. Yeah. And actually, before joining the club, I had uh, one or two individual um swimming lessons with matthias we uh we jumped in the water we jumped in the pool at wilmersdorf um you know it was completely packed with kids and stuff but he he took the time and he went under the water and he you know was looking at my stroke i think he even be nice to me he told me like one positive thing that i was doing but i, I knew that um it was not great but within even within that one lesson I, I suddenly felt comfortable enough to attempt front crawl in uh, in my next race. I was like, okay, like I understand a little bit more the coordination. I breaststroke the previous one. This time, I feel front. I feel uh, ready to just even just try front crawl. I think I was after one or two lessons, and so I signed up to the sprint triathlon in uh, Varen in Muritz. Oh, nice. There's a lake there, and then I was quite excited. I went there with a friend from the club, uh, Ahmed, and I brought my wife, he brought his, and uh, they were spectators. And off we went into the water. It wasn't a wetsuit race, which I was really hoping for. It was quite wavy for me. Probably wasn't that wavy, but for me it was. And I, I started doing my front crawl. You know, I was swimming towards the first buoy. I choked on a bit of water, and I was like, oh, this is horrible. Okay, I'll just try 
and I choked on another thing, and then I choked again, and I started to panic, right? I was not too far from the first buoy. It was like 100 metres still, and I remember panicking, and I even shouted something like, help, help. I mean, this is not the funny part, right? And, like, some guy looked at me and was like, are you okay? Uh, I was like, oh. I just breaststroked and tried to stay calm. I managed to get to the buoy, and I just sat there. I held, there was a, a rope on the buoy, and I held on, and I just sat there and, you know, took some deep breaths, tried to recover, and I was, my mind was a complete mess. I was like, God, I can't even do 100 metres in the, in the lake. And the rescue boat comes over to the, to the buoy, and a jet ski, or like two jet skis even, come over. And then they start talking to me in German. I thought, oh, no, I can't even deal with this right now. You know? <laughs> I managed to understand uh, that they asked me, do I want to get out? And I was like, yes, I do, but I don't. Um, and I think I sat there for like two minutes, maybe one minute, and they said, are you going to get out or are you going to keep swimming? And I said, I'm going to keep swimming. And so uh, they said to the jet ski, you stay with him, you stay with him. <laughs> and for the, for the next, until the next buoy, right, it was like, a, so we did 100, 100 and then we had to swim across like three, 400, something like that. Yeah. And there I had a personal escort, uh, a jet ski, just nice. next to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which did make me feel safer. And then I really kind of got to the last buoy. To, I, I could then see the land again. Then I kind of went back to front crawl and I really felt good again. At this point, I think I must have been in the last few people, right, of the of the race. Yeah, my wife was getting a bit worried. Like, Matt hasn't been through yet. And Marie sort of said, or Ahmed's wife said, uh, yeah, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. He can't be this slow at swimming. Then eventually I appeared, you know, on the land. And I remember I, I got down on my knees and I kissed the sand. And then, you know, the race, the race started for me. Um, <laughs> I ran my bike, but then I realized I was completely done because I wasted a lot of energy just panicking. Um, yeah, yeah. I still had a strong run because then I felt very comfortable again, but the bike was, yeah, pretty bad, but whatever. That's my story of, uh, of that race. Wow. So and then I really turned up to the swim training. I think then I started turning up at the swim training <laughs> two, three times a week for Matthias. May <laughs> makes sense. So you may be in one of those episodes of Baywatch right now. <laughs> I think I might be, yeah, definitely someone in distress. Now it would interest me. What's your favorite discipline and why? I think it's not swimming, right? Oh, but I want it to be. I want I want swimming to become my favorite. That's my one of my goals. I do enjoy swimming when I get into a rhythm of it, but I that's the one with with the family. You know, it's the hardest to dedicate time to because you you have to go to the pool and come back, and it's not just go out. The door or sit on the trainer um i will become a above average swimmer that's my first goal <laughs> next year and for now what is what is your favorite oh favorite sport now is um yeah it's still running right it's just the most relaxing i love just being outdoors it just there's less stress because you don't have to worry as much about traffic or other people and it's the one i just you know where i do know my body the best and i feel most comfortable so Yeah, it's, it's relaxing at the same time as, as being uh, kind of productive. I don't know how your nights look like with your party gang back at home. Um, can you get a proper sleep and how hard is it for you to wake up in the morning? <laughs> so, a big shout out to my wife, but she has pushed us as a family to prioritize the sleep of the, of the kids from quite a young age. 
you know, it's it can be considered controversial by some people, but we worked on sleep training for the children. And it sounds so formal, but it really isn't. You, you really try to encourage the kid to go to sleep by themselves. I think we've got better at it over the years. So Zoe, my youngest, um, she's one year, one year old now. I think by the age of four or five months, she was waking up once in the night. And then by the age of seven or eight months, in general, she sleeps through the night, 12 hours. And my, my oldest two, they generally sleep like seven in the evening until seven in the morning. Of course, this is not every day in the week. My kids do wake up, something's happened. They can't find their water cup or their cuddly toys falling out of bed or whatever. It's not perfect, but I'd say four or five times in the week, they sleep from seven till seven, which is, uh, yeah, this is amazing. fantastic. It doesn't mean that I then go to bed on time and, uh, you know, take advantage of that. But I am also working on that right now, which is, uh, I'm definitely feeling benefits of going to bed at that just that bit earlier. It's work in progress, but definitely um, we've probably had it quite good um, compared to others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we have, I think there's luck involved too, of course. Can you tell me what you like about our team? I think the biggest thing is you get from everyone is inspiration. Being surrounded by people who want to have fun and want to improve. Um, there's not that many places where every like every single person in the group is, is doing that. There's no one kind of coasting along. Everyone wants to get better or and have fun at the same time. I think that's the, the biggest thing, right? It inspires you. Well, when we talk about the fun part, uh, at our last Gorilla's Butterflies meeting, a.k.a. the Beer and Bowl event with Hawaiian beers, um, you, you had also some, some, some food and drinks. If it's not Hawaiian, what's your favorite beer? favorite beer um i think i think my one of my favorite beers and i'm not sure exactly why but it was always available in our fridge when, when i was working um for a startup here uh you know they had the classic you know, there's a fridge full of all kinds of drinks and one of my friends was very particular about uh he was from uh bavaria And he was very particular about beer. And he was like, you should only drink this beer because it's the only good one in the fridge. <laughs> and um, that was the Augustina, Augustina beer, uh, Pills. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember yeah, this yeah, one from beer, yeah. from time where I still was drinking alcohol. Uh, the Augustina or the, the Tegana, yeah, like, uh, I can yeah. recommend that to people who like to drink beer for sure. Uh, more yeah. into nutrition. Do you have a special diet, or how much you take about like your food intake? <laughs> uh, and I would say I I do think about it. Um, I'm aware of the things I do well, and aware of the things I don't do so well. Um, I would say that you know, do I tailor my nutrition to the training load on that day? Not necessarily. Um, look, I, I try to eat relatively healthy. I have some uh, flaws where I got into bad habits. So, <laughs> for example, I start nearly every day with porridge, uh, with some fruits and nuts, 
and then I, you know, lunch, I try to eat something relatively healthy. I think the, the main meals that I cook are healthy um, and, and fairly balanced. But then I have a, I, you know, I like to indulge in snacks. I got into some habit where once I, you know, the mornings can be quite stressful. So I, I drop the kids off at Kita and then there's this bakery nearby and I would go there. It's probably, yeah, every day. And I'd buy like a, you know, I'd buy a coffee and I'd buy uh, a croissant or some sort of chocolate filled croissant. Come on, that's not so bad. I think It's not so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> but when you do this every day. And then you realize how many calories you need in a day, right? A croissant, a chocolate-filled croissant is like, it's kind of 350 calories or so, right? Pretty high percentage of your daily intake. Depending, uh, man. Uh, if, if, you, if you're jumping on the bike after this for like half of an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like, what if I, if I just, you know, didn't do this every day? Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I... I I just get into bad habits. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't mind doing it. I don't mind eating a croissant. You're not choosing it. I'm not choosing to do this. I just, I know that, oh, I've dropped the kids off. Oh, it's been quite stressful. Oh, I'm going to go get some sugar <laughs> to make myself feel better. Okay, so I really would like to have a croissant, not just instinctively go and buy one. <laughs> Man, you, you go <laughs> by feel by sense. the training, so you go by the feel with the food. It's fine. And I think with your body shape, you can't... Uh, say anything right you uh, I, i think you are you're one of the fittest guys in the club so not not talking about this but uh, what's your favorite home cooked dish i think it's maybe just growing up in england but my favorite thing to cook is this can sound weird but my, i love cooking indian food um because as you know there's a large indian population in the uk i really love cooking dal i love cooking paneer which is like the indian cheese so there's like a spinach, uh, spinach paneer uh, recipe I like. And there's also a chicken curry that I love cooking. So I think it's also because it comes with rice and I always add a bread. And, you know, there's lots of carbs and you can yeah, lo yeah. add loads of vegetables. So any of those dishes I, I love cooking, yeah. Nice. And while we are in a po post-COVID time that allows again to go outside and have food uh, out of house, uh, what, what's your favorite meal there when you get out Nepalese type pizza is also top of my list but also there's a very small little there's a small Indian supermarket near where I live and I, I do go there they do kind of and I'd almost say an authentic chai so you know like a spiced tea um, and then they do very simple Indian food and the reason why I really like it is because a lot of the Indian restaurants in Berlin they are these cocktail restaurants too where it's five euros for a cocktail and it, this is for me a very german thing or a berlin thing because you go back to the uk that i just don't remember this it's not like every indian place is also selling cocktails yeah. so i just find that strange and i just like that this little cafe within a supermarket it's like a uh, an indian supermarket as well where i buy all my spices and things and yeah they just keep it simple you can't buy a cocktail there uh I think that's probably my favorite place as well. You have to tell me where this Indian supermarket is. I, I have to yeah. get some shopping there. I have some. I'll invite you for lunch as well. All right, you can come by. <laughs> nice. Um, let's uh, talk about your favorite sport uh, or favorite discipline. Uh, running a little bit. Is there like a single session that you liked most uh, on on the track? Uh, like, are you more into like shorter reps, or do you prefer like this one or two k repeat? So. 
Well, what's your favorite yeah. session, running session this year? I think it's like love hate. I think uh, my favorite session. I think it has been consistently one of my favorite sessions. It's either something like six times one k, eight times one k, and doing that in a group is so powerful because you can you can do more than you you think uh, when you do it with others. Sure. Um, I remember doing it on the track a few times and having a lot of fun with. This is probably maybe a year or two ago. It started to rain and we'd all been we'd done the first four or five reps. It's like, come on, let's all do one more, like faster this time. And it really kind of yeah bonds the whole group together because it's a tough workout and you're looking forward to when it's finished. And I remember this year I did we did eight times one k with I did it with just Rich um, on this little stretch next to Sudkreutz as a little pathway there, yeah, yeah. going back and forth. And I remember turning up and not feeling very motivated. And Rich was like, come on, just try. And then he kind of shot off. You know, Rich was in form, and he shot off. And I was like, right, let's try and at least keep a respectable distance yeah. to him. And I didn't look at the watch. And then suddenly you look at the the time you've done. Like, oh, okay, not bad. Um, yeah, I think that's one of them. And I also love uh, doing hill repetitions. Uh, there's something satisfying about that as well. Just going up a big hill. Um, Have you already made plans uh, about next year, like? Any races or? Uh, I've been looking at that. I really want to do uh, Ekne. There's a half Ironman there. I think that will be my kind of big race for the year. Um, also, hoping to do the either the Berlin Triathlon, the Olympic distance one, probably where you do where you're allowed to draft on road bikes going round and round at Track Tower Park. That's just super fun. And then I'm deciding by the Adidas Night Run 10K because. It just seems fast. And yeah, it's a fast. Everyone one. just seems to get you know a great time on that. I'm like, right. Honestly, what happens if you actually target that race and specifically like train for it? Um, so I might do that. Uh, but unfortunately, that's also on the same day as the Varen Muritz Triathlon, oh, okay. where I had like the panic attack in the water and the jet ski. So I, I kind of would like to go back there to show myself. That hey, I can do that swim, and also to see hopefully you know quite a big improvement. Let's see. Both sound good to me. Okay, interesting. Besides the gorillas and butterflies training camp um, that have been happening this year, have you ever joined some training camp? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever done a uh, like a specific training camp. Never done that. No. It's something I'll be interested in, but it's hard. It's, that's something that's hard with family, right? It's, yeah, sure. Can you bring the kids? Uh, and <laughs> is it going to be fun for them? And yeah, just a challenging one. Sure, sure. Last training camp, and I also haven't been there. I saw all the pictures from the group and so on, and the crew in all the bibs. How you feel about the kit? Uh, once visually, and what important uh, it has for you from the point of a community yeah i i actually i love the tri suits it comes down to again that kind of bond right you can much easily you can easily you know see your teammates and support each other much easier uh, i think that's what it comes down to right it makes supporting each other even easier like in a race if you see if you see each other it's just you know you're you're a bit tired and your vision's blurry or whatever but you'll notice this really lovely the blue fade color right and so you, i don't know it gives you energy when you see someone else from your team and it just makes that even easier strengthens the bond of everyone when they when they're all wearing it right true true 
Um, I've been talking about you about your favorite beer. Which two crew members you would always take for a beer after a session or a race? Which two crew members would I take for a for a beer? Ooh. Obviously, Lucas, I can't say you now, right? Because you're here. But um... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not drinking, yeah. so I would always take the alcohol-free beer. Sorry, man. Ah, uh, yeah, true. Okay, <laughs> all right. Then, oof. obviously, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but um, I think you know, I would, I would always take Rich, Rich for a beer. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, and we have a good understanding of each other, just because he's got his twins as well, right? And the other one, oh man, this is tough. Well, I'd have a rotation policy, right? I wouldn't, you know, maybe, maybe Charlie, you know, because he's Irish and you know they, he likes a good, likes a good beer. Yeah, yeah. He knows I, his stuff. I, I, uh, I'm sure he's always good. open for a beer. <laughs> yeah, Yup, Yup as well. Yup's a, Yup's a good, good guy to have a beer with as well. Yeah. T Okay, um, you, you you can take them both, right? So yeah, okay, all right. I'll take them both. Right. <laughs> I give you an extra spot for this. You are quite a, like a strong cyclist. How does it come? Um, and do you prefer your road bike or your TT bike? Yeah, it's funny. I love riding. The, I love riding both, but there's something special about sitting on the TT bike. I really wish I felt more comfortable on the TT bike, and that is something i am working on right now with like my mobility and strength i think that's actually paying off there's something about just going faster right with less effort um i love that feeling but um i don't know the road bike as well you just really relax um and you can still go quite fast but i think my because my road bike is fairly basic it's not as much a a pleasure to to ride as my my tt bike that That really, it, I, I'd compare it to like probably driving a sports car to just some normal family estate car, right? It, it kind of has this different feel. Yeah, sure. Uh, because, uh, uh, so therefore, I, I definitely love riding the TT more, but it's obviously, I, I also feel a little bit less safe when I'm doing it out on the road. So I prefer going somewhere like Tempelhof or Tempelhoferfeld or, you know, quiet spaces where I know the, know the roads. Yeah, I guess the, the road bike really gives you the chance to explore. So what was the longest ride you ever took? My, the longest ride I ever did was uh, not, uh, like 2021. I went to the UK. My wife's family have a little house on the east coast of, of England. They were going to drive there in the car. And um, so it would have been my wife's parents, my wife. And then we had two kids at the time, so there wasn't space in the car for me. The train station is also really far from the house, more than like 40 kilometers, right? So I said, oh, I'll just ride there. It was kind of a last minute decision. And I got the bike from my father-in-law. I rode it and that was 180, 190 kilometers. But man, riding someone else's, I had one day, right? I tried the bike in the evening before. Yeah. I changed the saddle height. That was about it. I think... I'm not even sure I had the right, you know, clip-in shoe, clipless you know, pedals or anything. Um, it was so uncomfortable um, riding this thing, and I kind of got up at like five in the morning and I, I raced, I raced the car there, but I obviously lost because I stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my longest ride. So, so you set it up to have a, like a nice session, pretended that that's the, the reason you just. Filled the car with people, right? To have yeah, a nice, exactly, yeah. to have a nice session, and then in the end, uh, it it went uh, to a less comfortable thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been then on the on the bike for this 180k? I think it took me like seven or eight hours, 
something like that. You could um, you couldn't take some advantage of the drafting behind the car. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I couldn't follow them onto the motorway. I would love to have done that. Uh, <laughs> instead, I was looking out for the you know I, I took a, ro a route which um, with the least amount of traffic, but it went through uh, country lanes, and so you always had to listen out for a tractor coming the other way <laughs> or you know some animals crossing the road. I kind of took a very scenic. Uh, it was absolutely stunning. I, I, re I really enjoyed that aspect, just the saddle pain and Can everything imagine. else. Man. Sounds yeah. tough. And on Swift, what was the longest ride there? I don't know the distance, but I, 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 I've never done too long. I think I've done two, maybe two and a half hours once or twice. Probably not longer than that. Okay, and what, what are you doing yeah. in a Swift session if it's not like a structured workout, like... Are you listening to some podcast or a, a, watching a movie? Yeah, I, it depends on the day. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes I queue up a bunch of videos on, on YouTube and I'll uh, watch those. Pretty much my, my go-to is, is those two things. Do you listen at, uh, to podcasts at all or it's not your thing? Occasionally. Is it called that triathlon show? Something like that. And I'll, I get emails about it anyway. And if it is something that relates to strength, then I'll probably listen to it. Otherwise, I don't really listen to any other podcasts, no. And uh, about, like, athletes at all, what three athletes are, like, in your case, have not been from triathlon, just, like, in general, what, what three uh -huh. athletes you think are, like, really great? Like? Yeah, sure. Um, I can think of two straight away, but... The first one is, uh, he was my, say, footballing hero growing up. That is uh, a guy called Ledley King. He played for uh, Tottenham Hotspur. That's the team I support. And, man, he was an incredible footballer. He was a, a, a centre-back, so, yeah, in defence. And the thing that made him really special was that he, he had ter a terrible terrible injury record and was you know really um had really bad knees and had so many surgeries like the car he had no cartilage in his in, in one of his knees really and he would not train with the with the squad often he would have to have injections to play mm -hmm. he would apparently uh just like swim he would swim but then when he played when he was able to play he was the best player on the pitch by far well um And it was kind of this very inspirational guy, right? He so unfortunate with his knees. He really was the top level player. And there's a famous game where he, you know, he always played in um, defense for England and, and uh, Tottenham. But there was one game where we were playing against France and uh, England playing against France. And he basically kept Zidane quiet for, you know, the whole game. And he was playing in midfield, a position that he didn't normally play. And, He was still world class, in my opinion. And uh, second person would be um, probably Lionel Sanders, of course. I think just because you know a lot of people will say him, but he's just so open and honest. I love his story. Uh, you know, got himself out of a you know huge you know, problem. You know, if you see, he had this kind of drug problem when he was younger. Yeah. Um, And his story is just phenomenal. And I think he's just the one that everyone wants to do well, right? Um, I don't know. I, I love that his honesty, that it doesn't always go well. And he still shows it. And he still loves videos. And uh, I don't know, he just inspires people, I think. And he definitely inspires me to yeah, to push yourself, especially in the, yeah, in the triathlon world. I think he's a great, great yeah. figure. Yeah, what do you think in triathlon was the best performance of the year in this 
You know what? I think it's easy. It's easy to say um, Christian Blumenfeld or Gustav Eden, right? But I really, if you really look at it, I mean, Sam Laidlow in Kona is that's just phenomenal. What he did is phenomenal. The the bike, yeah. I mean, he's that that is just unbelievable. So I think he'll be one of them. Yeah, I w- think Joe. I, I think Joe Skipper on in the sub sub seven was it sub seven? Yeah, sub seven challenge um, as well because. What he did that after a few weeks' notice, right? Blumenfeld had been kind of working on this for years, and he turned up and he actually made it into a race. Um, and he did what he said he was going to do on the bike, and I thought really inspiring as well. Like, yeah, know, true. What he did. Um, um, it's always hard measurable, right? Um, these things because uh, even like a Blumenfeld could push more, but he was also thinking about like the running part more and and. To, to being super strong there so it's like in this game it's like a lot of calculating and guessing and trying yeah. not to blow up and also skipper had like this guy like all the time with the water tank like on next to him right on the bike yeah, yeah. to 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 get his heart rate down and yeah it, it was really interesting and i think the the late low bike performance is really outstanding because um he was pushing it from the very beginning and has no like group right he was like so- yeah. solo riding the the front and and had to push against uh, the winds and everything right so it was like wow it, it's, it's really amazing um yeah after such a race like i think those athletes normally are also destroyed but it's it's also very phenomenal to see how much they can take in a season right when we put yeah, put like one big race in after this we have to recover and and had like a lot of space and then like you see them like one week after doing the next race so yeah. how like a proper recovery looks like for you <laughs> yeah good question um proper recovery um you mean after a race in general or um in after any workout you mean you can Talk about both, like after a session okay. or after a race. So after a race, yeah, I mean, again, it depends on the race, right? I think I, I don't have lots of experience at these kind of longer distance races yet. I've done maybe two um, middle distance races. And um, the first one, I didn't like push super hard. I just did it for the experience. Yeah, maybe I took like, yeah, one or two days off completely, of course, and then just kind of got back into it but the after i did um half ironman in warsaw last year i i got quite sick i think it was partially because of the water or something there it was really horrible yeah i mean i think i'm someone who needs to take more recovery in a way yeah it's really like taking a, at least five six maybe even a week off or very very light training yeah and kind of building back slowly again yeah i was listening to another like podcast or talk the guy was also talking about um recovery so he was talking also about like pros that doing the tour de france and he was saying hey even in the pro field it makes like a big difference you can't it's very individual because he have athletes who finish the tour de france and like after two days they already want to to get back on the bike and 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 do some like cycling and others are just like knocked out for like like two weeks right so Yeah. Even in the pro field, it has a like big difference. So uh, yeah, quite interesting topic. For um, sure, for sure, and that doesn't really get. I know, 
it doesn't really go into any of the kind of uh, other techniques for recovery. I mean, sleep obviously is probably the most important, right? And um, I, I, I'm trying to improve that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't really use many tools or anything like that. I do have a foam roller, which I occasionally use. Yeah, I mean, eating, maybe it's what a bodybuilders or whatever do, but I, I do try to eat quite a lot of protein after a hard workout. I remember going into a shop, there's a shop near where I live and they have kind of nutritional supplements. And I asked them, what should I take after, you know, a hard run? He was like, just water, just water. I was like, oh, I don't think you're really helping me. Um, but yeah, I've definitely found that can be quite beneficial, like a, even a protein shake or something like that. I think they're working no nutritionist at the shop. I think they are just salespeople because... Yeah, I as a nutritionist can can tell you exactly what to do even after a run session and proteins make sense for sure. So it's very funny to hear this uh, in a in a shop where you're going just to get the right yeah. info, right? Man, this is this is hilarious. Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay, we're slowly getting to the end of the interview. Um, in the end, I always have something. Um, it's it's some kind of like rapid fire questions. So I have like um, 20 questions here uh, where you have always to choose. It's like I ask you, for example, like r rain or sunshine, right? And then you've always to choose one. So you can't, you can't skip or just uh, um, say both or something, right? So you always have to answer with one and quite quick. So let's start with this one. Um, flat or hilly? Flat. 1K splits or quite race? 1K uh, splits. Underestimate or overestimate? Uh, underestimate. Summer or winter? Winter. Um, trunks or speedos? Trunks. Suffer or confidence? Uh, confidence. Power or feel? Feel. Gym or no gym? Gym. Carbon or aluminium? Uh, carbon. <laughs> Fluid or solid? Fluid. Shorts or tights? Shorts. Execute or understand? Understand. Lactate or no lactate? No lactate. Movies or series? Uh, series. Race or training? Training. Two-beat kick or four-beat kick? Uh, two. Two-beat. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Chocolate or gummy bears? Uh, chocolate. No break or drift? No break. Flip turn or stop and go? Stop and go. That's it, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, have been a nice one. Oh. Thanks. Man, yeah. you're good at this. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, uh, I hope you will enjoy also the other episodes from the others. Yeah, I'm excited to see them. Uh, I, yeah. As you said, you're not the guy for um, too much podcasts, but maybe that will be something new for, for your uh, trainer oh, sessions. Listen, I would listen to these ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, good uh, thanks again a lot and uh, yeah I think I see you uh, in one of our next sessions right yeah sure thanks for having me Lukash, and uh, yeah I'll speak to you soon I'll speak to you soon man <laughs>